not quite dead. A gal pal horror movie discussion podcast. We do deep dives on our favorite scary movies. And sometimes we just keep it shallow. I'm your host, Megan. I'm Kate. Get ready for all the spoilers. finale is a little different from our from our last finales uh, I guess since we're dealing with a collection of, of films rather than a, a series of films yeah we you know thought long and hard about how we wanted to structure this finale because when we did the Saw and the Purge movies um, there's just so many elements that are plot related thematic related that carry like very naturally between those movies and make it really awesome for things like drinking games or bingo and all of that and um we just had so much fun with this season with all of the really diverse and interesting movies that we did and we didn't want to group them up in the same way so our segments for this finale are a little bit different yeah our segments are more about understanding these films indies tend to be misunderstood and you know they they don't get the same love and attention as blockbuster hollywood horror movies tend to get so we wanted to to pay some attention to that and talk a little bit more about about how uh indie movies are presented and and how audiences react to them yeah, so one of our segments is people's <laughs> reviews of these movies. <laughs> Quote, unquote. <laughs> yep, we we look at all of the um, off-the-wall comments that people have um, about them, and we have our own reactions to those reviews. And then we also wanted to talk about the trailers to these movies, which can really make or break how well a a movie does in in theaters and can sway the audience's opinion of a movie if they feel they've been misled. So we do talk about all the trailers for all the movies we covered. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we we had to do a craft. Always. There's always a craft. We could not do it. And so... We picked uh, a very special um, thing to do a craft around, um, and it is a surprise to both of us. And so I'm very excited for you guys to listen to that segment um, because the crafts are always my personal favorite in these finales. And they're friendship-based, of course. Of course. So that you can do the craft with your own friend who also loves horror movies if you want. (sighs) Yes. So listen to this uh, finale thank you so much for being part of the ride and make sure to um, check out our blog afterwards too
when I got your package, it was like the highlight of my day. This is the best part. (laughs) I love our crafts. It's my favorite part of every season finale. Yeah, I don't know how, how we keep doing it, but we keep coming up with an idea for every season. So... We're crafty people. We're very crafty. <laughs> it comes naturally. We will find a way. <laughs> so our concept for the craft this season felt, I was going to use the word tenuous, and then I remembered that we did dioramas for <laughs> season one, <laughs> Saw, <laughs> which was very tied to the movies. There's a diorama in so many of the the Saw entries. Uh, season two, we did the purge masks. That one felt very natural. Yes. Very natural very extension of the, that, yeah, of that series. Um, Megan, can you describe for our listeners what our craft theme was this go around? Yeah. So we had a harder time of it coming up with an idea that would work. Obviously, each movie is indie, but that's a really, really wide casting net when it comes to topics or themes or crafts. So we decided to go with the idea of totems, which are kind of represented by our sticker thing going on this, uh, our sticker giveaway this season. Um, And we wanted to take the idea of a totem and apply it to friendship, of course. Of course. Because that's the most important part of every horror movie podcast is friendship. (laughs) It's the glue. Yeah. (laughs) So the mythology that we went with to create our totems is uh, like Norse uh, runes. We, we, Mm -hmm. We agreed upon some runes. Kate, what were the two runes that we went with? Our two runes that we picked were kinship and protection. There were so many good options. Um, there was no old Norse rune that was straight up just like, female friendship (laughs) arts and crafts and friendship (laughs) so we went for the kinship and protection which i think were really good choices of runes um particularly because of the specific craft that i did for you Ooh, i'm so excited (laughs) to see what you made (laughs) i know i'm so excited to see what you sent me i want to get into this box (laughs) what's in the box (laughs) yeah i I uh, had a few ideas about how I was going to do this for you, but I hope you like what I came up with. Who wants to go first? Um, you should go first. Okay. Okay, good. I'm glad you picked me. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna open this package. I got it from Kate the other day. It's in a yellow envelope, and all that's inside is the craft. So here I go. Mm-hmm. It's shoved in there. It's material. I'm not looking yet. I'm squishing it around. I feel like it's a t-shirt, but I'm not sure. Oh, God, it's a t-shirt. Okay. Ah! Oh, my gosh. It's a t-shirt. And the runes are embroidered on the pocket. That's so cool. I love it with little flowers. It's very, um, very Midsommar. I love it. Oh, Yay. Great. It took me an embarrassingly long time 
to I am terrible at embroidery I am (laughs) not good and typically when I have a craft that I'm not good at I like buy all the materials and I like try it a couple times and I'm like never again I'm not doing this anymore um but this craft was really calling for me to try embroidery again I was like I feel like the thing to do here is make those little um lazy daisies um and do a little cross stitching and um, and I wanted it to feel a little Midsommar because um, the runes felt like Midsommar. It was such a big part of that movie, and it's one of my favorites. And it was such a fun episode this this season. Yeah, it might have been our best episode. And it really lends itself to crafting um, because of all the artwork and stitchery going on um, in that movie. So I love it. I love it so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to see yours. Okay. Okay. Okay, so I got this box from Megan recently, and she's very excited. I was keeping it with anticipation for this recording session. So opening it up. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Hive mind. So Megan made me this beautiful embroidered pillow. Oh my gosh, you are like a professional embroidered No. <laughs> it's so good. Oh my gosh, I see it now. There's a the the runes are stitched into are they foxes? It's supposed to be a husky and a cat because oh a husky and a cat I oh, have cats us. yeah and you have huskies oh, it's so cute oh my gosh the husky is so cute I loved it because it looks like a little fox tail oh and a little kitty cat oh my gosh this is so beautiful oh I love it I'm glad you like it I really do it's amazing there's a few things I would change about it if I could do it over again but overall I was pretty happy with it I wanted to like figure out a way to embed the runes into a a picture almost like a constellation you know yeah um and so I wanted it to be meaningful to to both of us so that's why I went with the pets that we have I love it so much I I love your interpretation of the runes. Um, this was such a fun one because I I think that the runes just had so much opportunity. I was spinning on what craft to do. I immediately wanted to do something with embroidery. And I was like, man, embroidery fucking sucks. Like I, I should do something else. And so I bought all of these other craft materials and like tried these and was thinking about trying these different things. And then when I sat down to actually start, I, I was like, no, I think I need to do embroidery. So I'm like, I don't know. I think it's really sweet that we did we did the same thing. We did. And we both took an embroidery class this year. We both learned embroidery together. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's really cool the way it came full circle. Yeah. Virtually, of course, everybody virtually. Yep. Six feet. Oh, the other idea I toyed with was doing like a stick figure art kind of like forming the runes out of sticks and then using some sort of yarn or something to, to, to tie them together. Mm-hmm. That would have been like Blair Witch. I was going to say but, very um, Blair Witch. Yeah. Yeah. But um, went with this, I think for the same reason. I was just like, oh, I have all the supplies for embroidery and we just learned how to do it. And I just, I want to make her a pillow. <laughs> so. 
Oh, so fun. Um, I would say that um, your embroidery skills are amazing. Um, I learned a lot about embroidery again in, in this in this um, craft um, because trying to embroider inside of a pocket is um, tough. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> the pocket, you can actually still go into it and sew the pocket closed. Right. Um, I hadn't even considered that when I looked at it. That must have been difficult. I don't even want to say how many hours it took me. (laughs) (laughs) I watched a whole season of Drag Race. Let's just say that. (laughs) That's great. This is a great one for the kids. If you have some little friends who love horror movies and they need a craft to do together, just pull up some runes. We'll link to a sheet of runes on our blog and uh, figure something out with them. You know, just be open-ended about it. Yeah, this is a real whole family craft. Hell yeah. (laughs) Just like Midsommar. Everybody incredible how wrong so many people in the world are wrong and i i'm not surprised i've 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 had to hear this you know about blair witch especially since it came out (laughs) (laughs) i know i tend to like movies that are maybe a little bit boring and so i feel like i'm just used to people generally not liking the same movies that i like but it's pretty wild when you have a a movie that's really really critically acclaimed you know 90 plus percent on Rotten Tomatoes like 9 out of 10 on IMDb and then you start digging into those one star reviews and you're just like wow (laughs) art is subjective I think a good rule of thumb for me is if the critics like it if it's you know 90s 80s pretty high and the audience hates it it's like 50 60 whatever I tend to like it Yeah, <laughs> I tend to disagree with when the audience disagrees, um, especially for critically acclaimed movies such as such as the ones we discussed. Uh, there's a couple that we did discuss that where I agree with some of these reviews to some extent, but I still think they miss the mark. I still think I can appreciate a movie and not like it. I can appreciate what a movie's going for. And I think that this season overall, we had very few stinkers. We had a couple of movies that were maybe not the best, but I think that we were pretty selective about what movies we included in this season and had a really overall great experience. And so it was really fun for me to start getting into these audience reviews where people just outright hated some of these movies. It was kind of fun to see. 
There's quite a few movies out there that people call boring. You use the word boring. And I tend to use the word slow. I... Mm-hmm. I think there's a difference between boring and slow. And I think when I expect a movie to be slow, I know what I'm getting into and that's what I want. I think sometimes what mm-hmm. I want is a really slow, uh, well thought out movie. Like a slow burn for sure. I think that It Follows is an example of a movie where you could call it slow, where it is because it's not really moving the plot along and it's also not very atmospheric it gets a little boring in the middle so like I think that there's yeah a little bit of both in some of these I thought about this a lot when I was reading the Blair Witch reviews Blair Witch reviews really trigger me when they don't like Blair Witch because I love (laughs) Blair Witch (laughs) Um, and and so much of it centers around how nothing happens in the movie and every time someone says nothing happens I'm like you were not paying attention so should we share with our dear listeners some of our favorite good bad reviews of these movies yeah um i have one it is a one star review for it follows posted four months ago i was like oh this is great i love when people like go back to movies that have been out for a while and are still leaving reviews um the review is who gives money for making films like this i will never know Ugly naked people following men and women who have sex. And why, from where did it begin, the backstory, don't even ask. The director himself doesn't know. <laughs> it's, it's like when you reach the 1,999th page of X videos. There you get the worst quality porn, even worse than the horse ones, you know? <laughs> this, mo- <laughs> this movie is the longer version of it. This person was upset that these people weren't pretty enough. <laughs> He's probably thinking like, oh, it's a movie about sex. So I'm going to relate this to porn. You know, like I'm just going to make a direct connection to like porn movies. And if you're thinking about it in terms of porn, it is more boring and worse than horse porn videos. (laughs) More boring than Mr. Hands people. Um, To be fair, that's probably true. The worst part is four people found this review helpful. Oh, boy. (laughs) That's terrible. I didn't hate It Follows, but uh, I I didn't find it boring. I found a a part a piece of it boring like you did but um not the whole thing that's really funny here's one about Blair Witch some idiot kids go into the woods shriek a lot and an old lady makes arts and crafts projects out of twigs and rocks <laughs> oh and she throws some clothes around and this is what people were fleeing theaters in terror over yeah okay <laughs> I feel like you can make any movie not scary when you frame it like oh, that. Oh, sure. When you when you take it at a surface level and you don't you don't dig into what's really going on and what these people are facing. Sure. Yeah. Every movie's yeah. stupid. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, but some of the reviews that people leave feel a little try hard. Like they're like hoping that someone screenshots it and posts it on Reddit or whatever. And then some of them are just so like genuine about their distaste for a movie. And those are the ones mm-hmm. I really tried to go for. Yes. I'm going to read you an excerpt from a review. Oh, boy. For Hereditary, another one-star review. Awful film. I like a slow build, but this film goes backwards. Misery for the sake of misery, with an ending as preposterous as the Julia Roberts twist in Ocean's 12. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't even know what that twist is, but I still find this hilarious. <laughs> the fact that it's being compared to that movie at all is ridiculous. I know. And like, it doesn't seem like this person is going for like a, I want people to find my review funny. Just this is his genuine assessment of the ending of this movie. And I just love it. I, I It makes me like really love the diversity of thought that people in the world have. <laughs> I would have never thought to compare Hereditary to Ocean's No. <laughs> oh, I love when politics get pulled in to a review. So uh-huh. with The Witch, there was a watcher, one star review. It was truly an evil movie about witchcraft, murder, and the use of evilness to babies. Very similar to liberalness of society today. <laughs> because liberals all want to murder babies and practice witchcraft well of course (laughs) oh a lot of the one-star reviews about the witch actually were about the dialogue the uh accent that that was used which i thought was funny oh i'm sure i can i can Mm -hmm. see why that would be frustrating but uh it wouldn't it wouldn't be enough for me to give it a one-star review just just turn on the subtitles (laughs) rubber had so many one-star reviews yeah i bet you know that movie is extremely divisive and on google reviews rubber was only turning up exclusively five-star reviews or one-star reviews nothing in between (laughs) that's great (laughs) which i was like this makes sense for this movie so i had three in a row here um, because so many of the one-star reviews were single lines so the first one was bruh it's a tire what are y'all wasting your money on Another excellent uh, comparison. It wasn't funny nor scary. It reminded me of 16 Candles. What? Yeah. How? Curious. Curious. That would make me want to watch the movie more. And then the third one here is the worst mistake in human history. Oh. (laughs) Worse than Hitler. (laughs) That was all they wrote. No punctuation. And that's the general vibe of all of the one-star reviews for Rubber is just like straight to the gut. (laughs) (laughs) I love the reviews that are terrible you know they hate the movie but but that make me want to watch the movie more because this person or the reason why this person hates the movie so for Midsommar this review reinforce why I love this movie if you like movies where it takes some reviewers six paragraphs to describe and analyze it then this is the movie for you (laughs) and that's me (laughs) and uh, this person uh, has seen other Ari Aster films like Hereditary, quote unquote, which was so laughably bad that I wanted to repeat the experience with this film. So wrong. Why? Oh my gosh. I had a review for Midsommar that I saved just because I really liked it because they used a lot of emojis in it. Oh, cool. I wish that they'd actually used more emojis. And it's a positive review. I couldn't help but empathize with her character from the opening scene to the closing shot. She was nothing short of a revelation. Hand clap emoji, crying emoji, shocked face emoji, hard eyes emoji, clap emoji. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yes, that's how I feel too. (laughs) Um, Babadook had some one-star reviews that I actually kind of agreed with, although uh, I still think these reviews are a little little much. Don't rent. The boy's character was so annoying. I was hoping he would be the first victim. (laughs) I can relate. Uh, nothing worthy for a movie in this one. The little boy and his mother was not extraordinary. He wanted to be a magician. I was disgusted. <laughs> disgusted. Disgusted by that magician. 
Oh, should we do a compare of The Wicker Man? I have some reviews for The Wicker Man remake. We all know that this movie is universally panned. You know, critics hate this movie. It's got a 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, even the, like, professional critic reviews say this has limited interest to folks who don't know the old movie and an excruciating experience for those who do. (laughs) Wicker Man is comically inept as a horror movie, on and on and on. But of the one-star reviews, I was like, where are we going with this? Emma from eight months ago said, I got gum in my hair at the movie theater, one star. (laughs) And one... What? (laughs) And one person found this helpful. (laughs) (laughs) The old one had some some pretty good one-star reviews it's a decent movie but uh a lot of people attacking just how goofy it is this one is from a confused watcher who thought they were watching uh the uh the new one this movie did not have nicholas cage it was a way (laughs) older version this is not the seller's fault they accepted my return but it's very disappointing that you only get back half what you pay for it one star (laughs) (laughs) it's like the gum in the hair it's people rating their experience of watching the movie more so than the movie this person was just upset that it didn't have nicholas cage which is beyond understanding uh another reviewer gave it one star and simply put too complex it's really not it's not at all (laughs) oh my the only one we haven't hit is green room the reviews for Green Room are such a mixed bag. I I don't know if it's because people just don't respond to it or what, but my favorite is a three-star review. An excerpt from it is, too much punk Nazi slang. I had to Google so many words to understand what they were talking about. <laughs> I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't tell you what slang came up that I didn't understand. What slang are they even talking about? Yeah, I don't think that they use much slang either. The only thing I could think of was maybe they mention a lot of bands. And if you're not familiar with the bands, you'd, you know. You think it's slang. You'd be like, huh, what's that? But if you have context clues that they're talking about their favorite bands. (laughs) You can probably figure it out. Yeah, you would think. Uh, Well, Retha on Amazon said, if I directed it, I wouldn't put my name in the credits. Oh man, I should I feel like I should do this more often because it's so funny to get such a wildly different perspective on all of these movies, especially people who have arbitrary and inane thoughts that they're like people in the world will find this helpful. <laughs> and sometimes people do. It's so weird. They do. They're like, "Yeah, I want to know about your movie theater experience. Not what your actual thoughts on the movie were, but just, you know, were you able to get a refund? (laughs) Did you enjoy the concession? Did the DVD come with a director's cut?
You know what's funny about trailers is that I rarely watch them. Uh, me too. Yeah, I almost never watch them because a lot of modern trailers give too much away. They do. They do. And and the only time I really see them is when I go to the movies. Occasionally when I'm in the movie theater, if I start watching a trailer where I'm like, oh, I'm interested in going to go see this when it comes out, um, I'll close my eyes about halfway into the trailer because I always feel like the back half of every trailer is this quick cut montage of all of the major scenes in the movie. <laughs> That's and so I don't want to see any of those. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good idea. Yeah, I, I remember Apple trailers being a thing. It might still be a thing. People just watching Apple trailers because it's, it's all collected in one place. And um, Apple does a pretty good job of showcasing what's coming out and what looks good. But that was never me. I, I never really wanted to watch the trailers. Um, the trailer, watching a trailer always felt like part of the movie going experience to me. And so I never really got hooked on that. But uh, it was, it was so anyways, my point is that I hadn't seen most of these trailers before we were getting prepped to record this episode. So it's sort of interesting to watch the trailer after I've seen the movie. Yeah, I couldn't tell going back to these trailers if I felt like they were actually giving away the whole plot or if because I knew the plot inside and out that every quick flash of a scene, I was like, wow, that's a major spoiler. I can't believe they put that in the trailer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that too when I went back and rewatched some of these. So I guess we could call this segment, what, misleading or on point? Something like that. Yeah, I think so. Um, which of these trailers are are good representations of what their plot and like total vibe? Maybe we should call this like a vibe check segment. Oh, like, yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, like is, is the vibe accurate to what the total movie is? Because trailers are not produced always by the same production mm -hmm. house They're, they typically are outsourced mm -hmm. so production house will hire an agency to handle the marketing so they put together the trailers they put together you know stills for billboards and all of that and so unless the director or production house has a a strong hand in in working with them closely on it you don't always get something that's true to form yeah, and that's so unfortunate for movies to have to put up with that. Um, there's so many good movies that just have the wrong trailer and brings in the wrong audience, and so people end up hating it. And there's a couple of these movies I think that happened to. Where do you want to start? I want to start with Babadook. I think that I want to skew this one a little over the line into the misleading territory. I thought so too. Um, with a caveat, this trailer does mention Sundance. And whenever I see Sundance in a trailer, I think, okay, this is going to be a little bit out there or, or a little bit unique or something is missing from this trailer. But I don't think everybody thinks that. I think it could go either way, really. I just felt like this trailer focused so much on the monster yes. element. It did not really... It hinted at but did not really give you the full scope that this movie is about the like mental anguish of this mother it doesn't really tell you how fucking annoying this kid is gonna be i mean <laughs> <laughs> we see one quick yeah. shot of the principal's office but they're framing it with this monster and so it feels relatable but wow is this kid different in the movie than in the trailer 
Yeah, they really make it seem like the big bad is going to be the Babadook and they have to fight against the Babadook together. And towards the end of the trailer is when it starts getting into like trailer spoilery territory of like you see the mom with the knife and, you know, she's looks like she's losing her mind a little bit. But I think you'd only be able to really interpret that after seeing the movie and then watching the trailer. Right. Yeah, I think we could probably agree that this goes in the misleading category. Another one I was on the fence on for was Hereditary. Um, Same. I th- yeah, I think that the trailer was masterful. It is such a good trailer because it doesn't give away um, any of the critical twists in the movie. Right. And so that makes me almost want to put it in the misleading category because it keeps its twist so close to the vest that it's a total shock to the audience that, you know, Charlie, for example, dies in the first 10 to 15 minutes of this movie. Right. And there's so much of Charlie in the trailer that you feel like, oh, this kid's going to be crucial to the plot, which she is, but just not in the way you expect. I also really love the clicking. The clicking. I did too. Yes, it's so good. It's such a good pace setter. And the clicking is part of the demon it's part of the character and so i i I think if you remember that from the trailer and you watch the movie it may help you realize that there that this clicking is is not just a click it's it's something else and those of us that like to wikipedia things like paymon will find out why the clicking noise was there Mm-hmm. Um, so I enjoyed the trailer, but I agree. I, I thought it it wasn't really clear what the movie was going to be about. Yeah, I, I don't know the first time I watched the trailer if I had a, a clear idea on what the supernatural element was going to be um, in it. But I remembered the really intense focus on Toni Collette and that, you know, closing line she's got in the trailer of – you know, I just don't want to stress my family out mm-hmm. anymore. And it's so, like, I don't know, bone chilling um, to have this, like, really intense trailer and then the focus on Tony Collette at the end there. So I think it's a fantastic trailer. I just think that – I think it's misleading, but I think it's misleading in the right direction. I do, too. I, I just – because I interpreted it the way I interpreted it, I was not excited to watch it, which is such a bummer to me because I love it. <laughs> So, yeah, I guess we could throw this in the misleading bucket. I also had Green Room in the misleading bucket, but I don't actually really? know. And I'm even debating with myself as I say that right now. Ooh, I love this. I- Conflicting opinions. <laughs> How fun. Green Room, I felt like, was so focused on the Nazis versus punks. It, again, keeps its twist of the drug running kind of secret the thing that made me really dislike it was the second half of the trailer has this really dumb slow version of a cover song Mm -hmm. over it and it's not even a punk song like they didn't even use a punk song and I was like the fuck were they thinking like this trailer just feels like they were not thinking of a cohesive vision if they had done like a slow cover of like a black flag song or something over it like over all this like violence and whatnot you'd be like oh this is like the movie itself is so oriented around what does it mean to be punk 
what is the what are the dangers of the punk scene like what does that look like and then the tone of the trailer I felt like just totally goes off the rails when they introduce this like slow cover song that they're setting the action to yeah that seems like a very obvious miss but I have to disagree that I I felt like the plot was really spelled out for you in this trailer which sucks Mm -hmm. um the band gets trapped and it shows how they get trapped and that they have to get out which really is the majority of the movie the the twist of the the drug ring i feel like doesn't change that vibe it just gives a reason why it's so important that they are not allowed to escape yeah that's fair i think that's i think that's totally fair because it's got so many elements in it like they even have a shot of like patrick stewart like talking about the dogs and letting people bleed out like it does it does kind of give away the ghost on all that in my opinion i'm putting this in the very straightforward bucket you've swayed me i think i just disliked this i think i just disliked (laughs) this trailer so i was like put it in the misleading bucket (laughs) i'll I'll agree with that (laughs) it wasn't a great trailer um i thought that midsommar was a little misleading as well or just Maybe not misleading so much as really difficult to tell what was going to happen in this movie. I thought that Midsommar was actually more a little more straightforward. Ooh. Um, yeah, I I felt like they did a good job of of showing um, that some that she has kind of an unstable relationship. Something bad has happened to her, but they keep that under wraps. Mm-hmm. They're going to um, Sweden for a week. And that the the commune cult is not exactly what it seems. Like it starts off looking very wholesome and bright. And then through the trailer, they show like quick shots of like blood and violence. So like uh, and a big focus around Danny, like a big focus of Danny in front of the, the Maypole in her like traditional garb. So I, I felt like it did a good job of showing that things were going to go awry Um, without showing too much I think yeah that's true it does capture all of those elements and and really the only thing that is scary about this trailer is the music to me um, there was one shot where she's looking in the mirror and sees you know that ghost face behind her Mm -hmm. and so for for a little bit I thought oh is this a ghost story I I was just very confused by this trailer um I I remember watching this before seeing the movie and it again it it just didn't hook me because I didn't quite understand how this would be a scary movie (laughs) (laughs) which is too bad yeah I I watched this trailer before seeing the movie for the first time too and it really hooked me because I was just really into the idea of a like daytime you know the endless sun concept um which they put into the trailer too and i think that the movie is so long and has so much into it that they don't really show in the trailer but i was okay with that because i felt like it made the actual movie watching experience like a little more lush yeah i also caught uh, some bit of the deleted scene that i told you about on on that episode which mm-hmm. which worked for the trailer it was great for the trailer it doesn't really deviate from the plot at all, obviously. But yeah, I, 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 I'm in the middle on this one. I, I felt confused by the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's another one of those that could go either way. It wasn't like outright, like giving you a completely different vibe from what it actually was, but it also wasn't like 
the Wicker Man trailer, which oh, the Wicker boy. Man trailer, um, especially the 2006 one. Oh my is, goodness. Um, the whole movie condensed into two and a half minutes. <laughs> really? And they spend so much time on the damn intro, which has nothing to do with anything. It is not a misleading trailer, um, I would say. Not at um, all. It is. I, I literally wrote in my notes, it's a plot summary. It's not a trailer. Yes. It's a plot summary. <laughs> yes. It's you watching the movie really quickly and then deciding if you want more. <laughs> it's one of those really flashy trailers. I mean, somebody who has epilepsy is going to have a problem with this trailer because it keeps flashing every goddamn scene in and out. Um, what did you think of the uh, 1970s trailer? I thought it was, again, pretty straightforward. It, it, I thought it got the idea out. This guy is hanging out with a bunch of weirdos um, mm-hmm. trying to find a missing girl. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's basically the movie. Um, <laughs> but it's really repetitive and, and really long, and it doesn't need to be that way. I think I they repeat so the same line like three times. It's not misleading, but it's not good. I don't know. I feel like some of those conventions of the 70s, old advertising, where they're like, oh, you have to say the product name at least five to ten times in order for people to like really get it and have it stick with them. They kind of took that approach towards it with some of the dialogue in this trailer, so... Yeah, I didn't think it, I, I mean, you get the gist of it, though, when you watch it, at least. You do. And you get a lot of the nuttiness on that island. Um, uh, they really use that bedroom dance scene a lot in the trailer. <laughs> yes, they do. That's right. Oh, my gosh. I also love how the beginning of the trailer has them, like, beating the, the jester costume. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah. There's just so much insanity in this trailer. But it is a very, I think both of these trailers are really straightforward. Yeah, for sure. Rubber. Rubber. Rubber is entirely (sighs) misleading. I I shouldn't say that. It it does capture the mood. It captures the mood. You know that you're going to be getting into a quirky indie. Um, It's a little vague where the horror is going to come in. You can tell, I mean, he does a little bit of like explosion in it, but it doesn't get into how batshit it is about like the fourth wall breaking or like the meta commentary. I just, yeah, I was like, yeah, you'd watch this trailer and think that you're just getting the Juno version of (laughs) tire-based horror movies. And (laughs) and instead you're going to get something that's kind of off the wall and also just generally not that great. Yeah, you can tell that it's a goofy movie. And so it makes you think, oh, this is going to be a funny horror movie. But then you watch it and you're like, no, this is a miserable horror movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not funny. (laughs) I mean, it's like funny in like a very oblique way. Like you have to like intellectualize yourself into finding it funny. Yeah. Uh, It Follows, though, was pretty on the money, I thought. I I thought that was great. And I think they purposely left out the sexual element, which makes sense. It, it lets the viewer kind of figure that out while they're watching the movie. And it's it's not it's not hard to understand why you're watching it either. So I am glad that they left that out of the the trailer. Yeah, I think that they did a good job of setting up that someone did something to her and now she has to find him to try and undo this. Mm hmm curse or break whatever is happening now so I think that it it set it up well so that if you watch the trailer and then watch the movie I don't think that you would be too shocked by the differences between them yeah and I think they did a good job with the music here as well it really gives you the vibe of the movie Mm -hmm. not just the plot yeah yeah 
And that leaves us with our two witch movies, which yes. I, I think both got more hate than they deserved. Blair Witch. Blair Witch I definitely saw the trailer for when it came out. Yep. <laughs> well, I saw the trailer. I watched the trailer for it after I watched the movie. So okay. I, so my opinion of, of it is a little more colored in that way. What was it like watching the trailer before seeing the movie? I remember thinking we would actually get to see the witch. I thought, mm-hmm. oh, the trailer's leaving out the witch because we're going to see the witch, and that's the big surprise. Um, it felt a lot faster paced than the actual movie. You know, mm-hmm. it, it does that choppy jumping around. And and so we I, I remember expecting something like that, just uh, really kind of more action-packed than the movie was. But it uses all the f- uh, found footage, and we know these kids get lost. So that, that bit was pretty straightforward. I mean, that was all the marketing. That was everywhere. You couldn't really not know that. Yeah. I don't know if it's misleading or not. It's hard for me to say. I think I think young Meg was slightly disappointed that we didn't get to see the witch. It's hard for me to say if it truly was misleading or not. Uh, because I watched the movie first, it's really hard for me to distance having seen the movie and then watch the trailer right after because I thought that the trailer did a good job of highlighting the action of the movie to show like Mm -hmm. that kind of fear and panic and the running and the fact that they don't show a witch in the trailer I was like oh well of course they wouldn't show anything in the trailer because there's nothing to show in the movie (laughs) but I thought that it was um I had it in my um you know on point category I think so too I I think I think it is on point like you said it shows the action of the movie it trims out the build-up the the what's going on psychologically with the group and that's the piece that actually makes those action points really Mm -hmm. scary so I think people probably went into this movie expecting something a bit faster paced. And that probably is why it got a lot of hate from those wanting a traditional horror movie. It was it was another divisive movie. So, yeah, I think it was straightforward. But I think people's expectations were, were just off based on the hype. It's so hard to reconcile that, though, especially when it first came out, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, people being so wound up about is it real is it not real this is the trailer this is the secret website and this is the local news story Mm -hmm. like and then like actually seeing the movie it's almost inevitable that there's going to be a deflation right of of expectations right yeah so are we putting this in straightforward bucket i think it's totally of its time and that the the hype of the movie was never going to play nice with the actual trailer but I think that with with some distance I think it's not misleading so the witch the witch was also really divisive I really liked the trailer for the witch and I think it did a good job um I think it it shows um you know they're a puritan family it it gives you that really heady heavy dialogue that is throughout the movie it shows that they're setting up a new home at the edge of the woods I know I I saw the trailer prior to seeing the movie itself me too and I think I wasn't it's funny I think I was more excited by the concept of the movie than I was by the trailer for the movie yes 
I remember and, this yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I watched the trailer and I was like, I'm still going to watch it because <laughs> <laughs> the concept sounds really interesting. Um, but I think it's a really hard movie to distill down into a trailer. It is because it is one of those slow paced movies that mm-hmm. you have to pay attention to what's going on psychologically with these people. It's it's not a jump scare movie. It, and I don't think they included jump scares in the trailer. So when so many people were upset by the type of movie it was, I was kind of surprised. I was thinking, yeah, you, didn't you see the word Sundance <laughs> in the trailer? Because <laughs> yeah, again, that's not, me. <laughs> it's not a traditional horror movie. And I think that the trailer does do a good job of showing that it's extremely atmospheric. Mm-hmm. It's a historical horror movie, you know? It's all about the period piece, the costuming, the dialogue, the environment. And so in that regard, I think it's it's setting your expectations right where they should be. I thought so, too. I I think all those bozos who were misled by the trailers were just misleading themselves. This trailer reminded me of Ravenous. Not that the trailer was like Ravenous's trailer. Ravenous was another one of those slower uh, horror movies that the trailer spliced together with, like, music and or you know like more modern music and cutscenes and action and kind of left out the slower bits and so watching this trailer I was thinking oh I'm gonna love this <laughs> mm-hmm. this is gonna be like ravenous kind of yeah. um it wasn't I mean it wasn't really like ravenous but it had that same kind of mood um and, and historical vibe to it which I loved yeah totally yeah, so I felt like I did feel like the trailer was not misleading. This is another one where I felt like audiences' expectations just were off for some reason, and I'm not sure why. It just happens to some movies. I mean, trailers are like an industry in and of themselves. And I mean, an interesting thing is that there are oftentimes multiple trailers for the same movie. Um, so they'll release like mm-hmm. an official first cut trailer and then they'll release a second cut trailer like right before it comes out or they'll do slightly different cuts based on the audience. We actually didn't like check to make sure that you and I were watching the same trailers. I'm like 90% sure that we did. Right. I guess we should now that we're at the end of this segment, we should caveat that we really each only watched one trailer to refresh our memories. And I, I'm I went with the number one official trailer in, in all too. instances. Yeah, yeah, I did, too. And that's okay, because I, I, some people only watch one trailer, and so this could be all they know about a movie before they go in to see it. Which do you think was the most misleading? Most misleading? Uh, I want to say rubber. I think so, too. That's an easy one. Which one do you think is most accurate to its total movie? Mm, I was going to say Green Room. I really, which is funny because we argued about it, but I uh, <laughs> I really felt like Green Room was super straightforward aside from the music. What about you? <laughs> yeah, I guess I can give you that. Although I, I think that the 2006 Wicker Man one is, I mean, because it's so mm. like beat by beat. That's true. <laughs> like accurate <laughs> to the movie. Like basically the one thing it leaves out is like the whole ending. But even that is like it gets pretty close to it. So <laughs> It leaves uh, out the bees. It leaves out the bees. Um, there's not quite as much punching in the trailer. 
I think that it's especially fun, and I think everyone should, um, after you're done watching a movie, like just go back and watch the trailer. It makes it enjoyable because you feel like you're kind of on the inside when you watch it again. Yeah, like, ooh, I know what's going to happen here, or like, I know where this is from. I'll definitely include all these trailer links on our blogs, so make sure to take a look when you're done with this segment. Thank you so much for listening to our season three indie movie finale. I had so much fun watching all of these movies this season. Um, I will admit that this is probably my favorite season so far, if not quite dead. I really did enjoy this season too. And I had so much fun painting all the little pictures for our stickers. Um, And if you guys weren't able to grab a free sticker on uh, this go round, that's okay. The blog posts will all be updated after the post of this finale with links where you can buy the sticker yourself. So fear not, the stickers are still around. Make sure to follow us on Not Quite Dead podcast on Instagram and uh, at our website, uh, notquitedeadpodcast.com. Uh, so that you can check out all of the fun freebies we've got. Um, check out our posts. Uh, we really love fan engagement. We we like it when our listeners tell us what they want us to cover and talk about and respond to what we're doing. Um, we do this podcast for us, but we also do it for you guys. So thanks for listening. See you next time. This was Not Quite Dead. Check out our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at NotQuiteDeadPodcast. And follow our blog for bonus content at NotQuiteDeadPodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Happy watching.